This is Free Talk Live. We are here to take your phone calls about whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site for free. In fact, the main feature of the site uh, allows you, the listener, to create the content on the website. When you go to freetalklive.com and you look in the main column, all that stuff you see there was submitted and created by listeners like you. So if you are surfing around on the web and you find something that you want to share with our listeners, you just submit it to our website. Other listeners will see it and then they'll vote on whether they think your submission was a good one or not. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So I want to do a couple follow-ups here to start the show out tonight. And of course, we'll take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale is joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But a couple follow-ups. Uh, to, to start out, I've got a couple emails. One is a short one about bonds. We were talking about what happens when you jump a, a private bond. Really bad idea. Uh, because, well, the private bondsman wants to make sure he gets his money. Uh, so he's going to send bounty hunters after you. And these is are, that stealing? It's no. a contract violation. It's, it's, it's breaking your contract. Because when uh, the bondsman seems an awful lot like stealing to me, don't they put up money for you? Under well, that's the point that I want to come back. That's the point that I wanted to clarify because I had said last night that uh, that a bondsman puts up fronts up cash to get you out of jail. Not quite true. Uh, we've got a legal eagle who emailed the show. Hey guys, just an FYI: private bail bondsmen don't actually put up any money. They just file a certificate with the court that operates as an enforceable promise to pay in the event the defendant fails to appear for court. So they put up a promise to pay. They, the money okay. is still at risk. It's just that they're not putting it up up front. Because it's awfully close to uh, putting up your own. I mean, it's putting up your own money. You just don't actually put the money up. And that's because they have a relationship with the, with the court. You know, they're a licensed Presumably they have money bondsman. on on account that they show them we've got the funds to pay it and yeah they've been around for a while if if they if they've got their government permit to be a bondsman then the court's going to allow them to just put the piece of paper up whereas if you walked in and said i'm a bondsman uh they would demand that you probably pay up front okay so just a slight uh correction there usually when a defendant skips out on court the court tells the bail bondsman they have a certain amount of time to either cough up the cash or surrender the body of the defendant and so that gives you a little bit more information of exactly how the bond process the terminology works. surrender the body is surrender a scary. the body yeah i don't i don't know if that means that it matters whether the body is alive or dead i suspect it matters you, you think i do yeah what what would happen if a uh, if a, a bounty hunter was going after somebody who skipped out on a bond and they shot at the bounty hunter and the bounty hunter had to had to uh, defend himself. Well, that they, they that, that's exactly they're going to bring you, they're going to bring a dead body back to the state, sure. and that ba- the uh, bondsman isn't going to have to put the money up. Here, this is your person. Indeed, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, you said it wouldn't matter. I guess what you mean by by it won't matter is it won't matter uh, to the 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 bounty hunter. The, it won't matter to the bondsman whether it's alive or de- the person's alive or dead. Well, uh, if. <laughs> If you're dealing with a bounty hunter getting, uh, you know, doing, if you're doing something illegal to a bounty hunter, like shooting at him, then he's going to be have to protect himself. Right. Okay. Uh, so anyway, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. I guess I just don't understand what you when you said it didn't matter. I, I still don't really get. I don't I even at. at this point know what uh, it didn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. It was even in, in context too. So okay. I don't know. Very good. So the other uh, correction or. 
I guess, follow-up from last night is we were talking about microchips and these, uh, you know, they, I'm sure you've heard of them. They are inserted little tiny little pieces of rice or whatever, maybe even smaller these days, that are inserted into an animal that you love in order to have your personal information attached to that animal beyond just the collar on its neck. Uh, beyond a tag that might be hanging off of it, something that's inside its paw, for instance. And then if that animal gets out, gets loose, ends up at the local humane society, they can scan it in. They can contact you with the information that's provided on the microchip to let you know that you, they've got your animal. And, Mark, you were saying that this is bad, it causes cancer, or it could cause cancer, right? And you said that uh, the the privacy chick, Catherine Albrecht, is somebody who would be you know Johnny on the spot to tell us about how dangerous... Uh, these uh, these terrible chips are, and I think Catherine Albrecht is a nice lady. We've talked with her on the the show before. I I just think she goes a little overboard when it comes to like she's privacy obsessed, and that I, doesn't change the science. Like Catherine Albrecht yeah. may be privacy obsessed. What's the but, science? Well, now you've got me on the spot, dude. You didn't here's tell some, me about it. Here's some for you. According to uh, the Dogster dot com blogs dot com, this is a veterinarian uh, writing here. The vet blog. He says, last fall, this was from back in 2008, last fall, stories such as this one in the Washington Post, and he links to it, made headlines by announcing a link between implanted microchips and cancer. The microchips in the story are similar to the ones that are commonly used to reunite people and lost pets. Quote, quote from the story in the Post, a series of veterinary and toxicology studies dating to the mid-1990s stated that chip implants had induced malignant tumors in some lab mice and rats. Now, the uh, vet here says that since biological processes in mice and rats are similar to those in cats and dogs, this raises an obvious question. Could the millions of microchips that have been implanted into pets put them at risk of cancer? Microchips have been used extensively in pets over the last decade. They are especially prevalent in the United Kingdom, where over 4 million cats and dogs have received the implants. The British Small Animal Veterinary Association has been tracking adverse reactions to microchips since 1996. They have identified a link between microchips and cancer in two dogs. Two dogs out of four million is a very low number indeed. Based on the available information, it appears that microchips cause cancer in dogs and cats at a negligible rate. Also, it turns out that the strains of mice and rats that were cited in the studies that first noted the microchip cancer link have been developed to be especially prone to cancer. In these animals, microchips cause tumors at very high rates. So did anything else that was implanted under their skin. In this case, it may not be appropriate to draw a direct link between these rodents and household pets. Now, he says, I'm not saying that microchips are risk-free. The site of implantation may become swollen or infected, and the chip might fail. However, the likelihood of such adverse events is low. Like so many things in medicine, the risks of microchipping your pet must be weighed against the benefits. To speak from my personal experience, I've never seen a pet suffer an adverse consequence from a microchip. However, microchips have helped me return several pets to people who are looking for them. In my opinion, the benefits of microchips outweigh the risks. So there's, you know, it's the word of one vet who makes money, by the way, selling microchips. Oh, it's not the word of one vet. He links to the, uh, let's see. Right, he's a- got his study. But- he links, links to the AVMA, which is the American uh, Veterinary, Veterinary, Med- Veterinary Medical Association. And they've got a, a lengthy document uh, written in 2009 about microchipping and, you know, various different uh, information. Should you really want to dig into this? It, so it's not just his personal experience. But this is the problem with these things is, you know, I've got my, my science. I can pull 
pull up my expert. You want her? I'll have her on tomorrow. Okay. Um, but no, I don't really. Right. No. See, that's the thing. You want to you want to talk about this, and then you don't want the mm-hmm. other side. I just gave you the other side. The, the claim was that uh, these microchips but caused. You, you have me stating what I've you know just remembering something mm-hmm. that's been turned. You know, you didn't. Yeah, I'll have bring you the Washington the Washington Post stories right here where they talk about the rats and these uh, these animals that the, the rats and mice that had the chips in, implemented in them. And it turns out those rats and mice were bred to be cancer uh, prone. Look, this is the problem. There's all these different studies. Everybody's got a study mm-hmm. that says this, and everybody's got sure. a study. Somebody's got a study who says that. You, you never can know um, what, in fact, is the it's truth. It's not an epidemic, though, Mark. I mean, clearly it's not an epidemic. This man's never seen anything like that in his career. And t- two dogs out of uh, millions of dogs in uh, the U.K. have been cited as have come down with cancer. So... If this was actually a significant risk, then there would be some more. Uh, would there be some more evidence? Wouldn't there? It would seem like it. So uh, seems to me that I don't feel so bad because last night you had me feeling bad about getting a chip See, implanted. See, this is what it's my, all about. It's all about animal. defending what you did yeah. at one point. You don't You're want to justifying feel bad about it. <laughs> your own behavior. You you won't let the other side come on and talk because you don't want to be wrong. We haven't let the other side talk. I just shared with you one uh, news piece here. What do you from, mean from the blog. other side? Well, we haven't had a guest on either side. Uh, you've 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 read the story. Can okay. It, you okay. Can find, you find one then. Uh, why? Why are we going well, the on one and on about to, not, these chips? You're the one who cares. No, you are. You're the one who brought it up. Uh, well, okay. I brought <laughs> it up, and now you're begging to have the other side on. So go find the other side if you if you care so much. Because I just poked holes in your claims. 800-259-9231, and that's what you're upset about. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So a very, very small risk of cancer in return for the uh, high probability you'll get your pet back. If or when the dollar crashes, an alternate system of trade will be a necessity. FreeWorldMarket.com is your free market solution to the economic crisis. Barter with small businesses without using government money. Stretch your buying power in these hard financial times by saving up to 50% on great products and services. Keep money in your community and away from the big banks. Preserve your wealth from hyperinflation and even become a merchant and immediately begin increasing your sales. Visit FreeWorldMarket.com now. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, as we like to say. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And Dale joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. It's a great site to go to to experience some uh, excellent liberty-oriented comic strips. And uh, are you uh, still kind of working behind the scenes there? I have to order a a new pen, which is $70, and I forgot once again to order it today. Oh, no. But I have to order a $70 pen. I started drawing a comic the other day. It's it's scribbled on paper and scanned Mm -hmm. and ready to trace, and my pen was acting up really badly to the point now where I'm just going to write down and buy a new one. You've got one of those tablet things, right, yeah. that the artists use? Yep. So, uh, so p- patience and uh, a new strip will be posted at some point. It's over. all designed and scribbled out on paper and ready to go, and I'm going to do it with along with an article. It's going to be IP-related. Oh, great. Cool, so, cool. Looking yeah. forward to that over at anarchyinyourhead.com. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. And then coming up, an unusual matchup. The nudists versus the swingers. We'll tell you what's going on there. Uh, Steve is in Florida, though. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, 
gentlemen. Um, I'd like to, I, I uh, have a friend who attends Evergreen State College in Washington State, and uh, he told me something that I just found really amazing. It's political correctness taking to the most absurd extreme you've ever heard. The, in, in the day-to-day dealings, the day-to-day interactions with other students, the staff is encouraging the students not to use uh, gender-specific pronouns such as him and her uh, because she might not want to be called her. That might offend her. And uh, I, I think that if she Where is this happening her, again? I'm sorry. Evergreen? Wait, uh, is this for a specific person or is this for anybody? This is yeah. for a certain person yeah. or anybody? This is, yeah, it's for... Uh, for anybody, for any of the students, if, if if we, if all of us, Mark, Dale, and Ian, and me are all students there, uh, I can't say he took his pen because he might not want to be referred to as he. So you would have uh, to use the person's. You would have to use the person's name, or that person took that other person's pen, or uh, John yeah, I, took either, Mary's pen. Either that. Right, either that or because I asked him, and I wanted to make sure that I fully understood this because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want. Uh, immediately, I had in mind to call the show <laughs> when he started talking this, and I didn't. I wanted to make sure that I was saying it right. I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting on there and saying a bunch of crap that's not true. So I basically interviewed him about it to make sure that I had it exactly right. Yeah, and that's what you're supposed to do. This did they make suggestions for what to say instead? Like, did they give a? Did they did they do a uh, political correctness? class or training session to talk about things you can say instead of certain phrases? You know, I'm not sure if they have, have something like that. I do know that that sort of thing does go on in college, uh, in colleges. But what they are recommending, I said, so what are you supposed to say? And the guy said, you're supposed to say, they took their pen. That's like incorrect grammar. It is. Yeah. Really you don't right, refer exactly. to a single person as they. Exactly, because I'm not, a, I'm not a group of people. I'm an individual. Right. So bad and, grammar and, over... As, as, as being taught at college, you're being encouraged to use bad grammar at a college. More groupthink, yeah. too. Like yeah. you know, you really aren't singular. You are part of the whole. What will happen yeah, to right. Steve? Like what, what, what will happen to someone who does not follow this rule? Is there some sort you know, of enforcement? I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if there's actually sort of an enforcement. He said he did tell me that the only two groups on uh, campus that are taking it seriously in any sense of the word are the extreme leftist you know, collectivist hippie types and the staff and pretty much everybody else is just blowing it off. I mean, I'd have some choice words for them. I'd, I'd use some pronouns. <laughs> they wouldn't be very polite ones. <laughs> Why not just go real bad and just start saying we took Wee's pen? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and then, and then there's the question of, uh, well, you can make up new words and you could also simplify things like you, instead of saying, instead of saying fantastic, you could say double plus good or something like that. You know, it would <laughs> well, be much simpler. It, there is a well, singular, there is a singular pronoun that you could use. You could say it instead. You know, I thought about that too. I said, uh, it, uh, but then the other thing too, that <laughs> I know people that want to be called I, it, I, but that's for different reasons. <laughs> right. Well, I posted this on Facebook. I posted a little blurb about this, and when somebody commented on there, one of my friends commented, uh, well, you know, I'm actually surprised that in a, a communistic sort of situation like that, that there is even the concept of property. So you wouldn't say that, you know, he stole her pen uh, because that pen belongs to everybody. But you can't steal but it then. Collectivized, yeah, you can't steal something that doesn't belong to you. It belongs it to everybody. It's a concept of property to steal something. 
Right. Thanks for sharing that tonight. Anything else on your mind, Stephen? No, that that's it. Uh, just enjoy the show. Appreciate you. Thanks, dude. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Unscreen caller on the amp lines. You're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hey, this is Richard in Tennessee. Richard, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I just uh, was listening to the podcast from last night about the uh, uh, where the cops killed the dog out in uh, D.C. Yep, again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what you know? One of the things that, that bugged me, and, and I didn't hear anybody bring it up last night, was how the newspaper seemed to seemed to me make it out like the family wasn't telling the truth, like claimed, you know, that they were attacked and alleged, that, you know. And it, if it was like the cops doing it, it's you know, it's more like they they word it to set it in stone. Mm. Yeah, I'd imagine that's a fairly standard tactic on the part of uh, the newspaper or the journalists out there, because well, the police they wouldn't lie. Right, right. And I just—I mean, that just irritated me. You know, besides the obvious, I mean, you know what they did, but just how the newspaper just is, you know, painting them like 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 they're lying about it or something. Yep, I definitely share that one with you. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. So, got another email here. Uh, this one from Seth over at the Daily Anarchist. He says he's putting together a series of posts whereby each post is an answer to the same two question interview, but by different people. And that's kind of a fun thing to do. Like if you're going to do a man on the street thing, you set up a series of questions, you go out with your video camera and you just interview different people and you record multiple questions with the same person. And then you can put together different uh, video packages using different answers from different people. Anyway, he says the individuals I've chosen to interview are those whose publications I've enjoyed in the past and who've made a name for themselves in the anarcho-capitalist community. Although I don't necessarily consider myself an anarcho-capitalist. I know what they mean when they say it. I understand what he means, too, but uh, don't like it very much. Anyway, uh, the questions, I don't like the label either. Yeah, uh, the questions I would uh, like to ask are sensitive subject material and, as such, get little discussion time. But they are topics I feel deserve contemplation and div- a diverse range of opinions. The publication of these posts will run in October at uh, the Daily Anarchist blog. So, here are his questions. Number one, when... Can one ethically engage in violence against the state, if ever? When can one ethically engage in violence against the state, if ever? Well, I think that you know when you're when you're talking about ethics and violence against the state, the state the state is an organization of violence, and as far as I'm concerned, it's also an organization of human beings. And indeed, well, those those pe- those pe- you know, look, you put on the uh, uniform of a soldier, you're going to expect to get shot at. Um, when you work for an agency that uh, takes a monopoly privilege on the use of force, then, you know, like, you're talking about ethically? Well, ethically, I, I'm not saying it's practical. We'll find I out in a moment a what idea. you're going to say. Hang on. More uh, on that question. Your answers are welcome as well at 800-259-9231 or bring up anything. Free talk. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power. 
and protecting yourself. Freedomcamp.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Hey, have you missed a moment of the show? You may have. We do 18 hours uh, per week. And when I say we, I mean uh, Mark and I. There's another show on our Sunday nights, which is another three hours. So I guess technically we're up to 21 hours per week, almost an entire day of broadcast content for you. Uh, if you've missed a moment, you can get all seven days right there on the front page of the website, but that's not all. You can click into the archive section and go back to late 2006, all free. It's courtesy of HostGator. Now, they're a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Now, to get a free month of service, you enter through our link, which is hostgator.freetalklive.com. So if you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. That's hostgator.freetalklive.com. Get your first month free. So 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your answers are certainly welcome to the question from Seth over at the Daily Anarchist who asks uh, – he's got two questions here. Number one, when can one ethically engage in violence against the state, if ever? So, like, ethics, um, you know, the for, for me, the baseline of morality is um, when you're, you know, the is essentially the, the, the libertarian pledge, which is, um, you know, I will not initiate force uh, for, to, for pl- political or social gains. Does that sound right to you? Yep, that's about right. Yeah. And so that means that if the state initiates force on you, then you're no longer initiating force and you have the right to use a commensurate amount of force in order to stop that from happening. So... If you choose not to pay your property taxes and um, you, you're not using the services that, uh, that, that, that the, those property taxes go to pay for, then you have the right to you know, not pay them. They, you, know, you don't go to Walmart and everybody gets charged the same thing when they walk out the door. One guy buys a candy bar, another guy buys a, a, a stepladder, and they both have to pay 50 bucks. That'd be stupid. So um, that's, how the, that's how the state works. And if they try to come and collect the, uh, the difference between the candy bar and the stepladder from you, then they are acting unethically. And if you want to ethically defend yourself, you're fine to do that. However, the practical application of that is it's going to look like the OK Corral. Right, well, we'll get to the practical uh, portion next. That's actually kind of what his second question is about. Okay. Uh, Dale, do you have an answer to the question, uh, when can one ethically engage in violence against the state, if ever? Well, see, that's we all, I, 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 um, I think that morality and ethics are contextual. You know, I mean, if, you, if we live in a world with a Christian God that created the universe, well, then that's what morality, I guess, would be based on, right? And so um, that I think it's a real, I think that can get to a really complicated question. I think if, I you, if you're going from, I mean, the NAP is a context, for instance. The NAP is people, non-aggression, the NAP and, non-aggression principle. I would say that anytime you're, you know, any action you take, you have your justification system for that action. And, and in, in violence in particular, people have their justification systems for it. And there are good ones and there are bad ones, and you can always compare them and, you know, try to talk, compare one to another and talk about the reason behind it. And, and, uh, well, now to a pacifist, you know. to a pacifist, this, uh, this question 
I, well, no, to pass in that context, then no, it would not be ethically justified. In any, you're right, in any circumstance. And I, well, I think, I think that, uh, hold on, uh, you know, what I, what a person generally uh, believes for themselves, uh, what they believe specifically for themselves may not be what they generally think for others. A, for instance, a person can choose to be a vegetarian for the reasons that they choose to be a vegetarian, and they may very well be moral reasons for themselves. However, they will not go out and say something like, the action of eating meat is an immoral action. So you can uh, – this is how I operate. I'm a pacifist in the sense that I choose not to use violence to protect myself from the the state, and uh, I don't have too many opportunities to not use violence against other people because generally people uh, treat me in a fashion that I wouldn't need to use uh, violence against them. So the state is the – you know the the aggressor against me on a on a very regular basis, and I choose not to uh, you know use defensive violence against the state. But that is a that is a specific morality for myself. It's a it's a it's a choice I've made for me in order to be more empowering. However, I wouldn't say that a guy that chooses to uh, you know make the last stand against whatever uh, t- whatever tyranny is wrong. No, I wouldn't say that either. And I don't. I, I I'm also kind of on this fence. Like, on one hand, I abhor the idea of violence. I think that violence makes things worse. I think that uh, it's practically a bad idea, and we can talk about that in a moment. But I think that uh, I like the idea of turning the other cheek, and uh, and I think that violence begets violence. And so I am my you know the new me is disinclined toward uh, violence in in any circumstance on the other hand i also don't like the idea of you know my girlfriend getting raped and and me not doing anything about it so on the other hand or or me you know being uh, harmed or kidnapped or or something like that or whatever the the violent situation would be that would come up and i i don't know if i wouldn't do anything right, right. most people don't i mean i don't think you know i i actually you know i talked about pacifism and people's reactions to the word and 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 so people Sunday think it show, means right? everything on this on the last Sunday show, and uh, I actually decided that I don't care to apply the label to myself because I think I mean my my actual views on the use of violence are fairly nuanced and uh, complicated, but uh, but uh, I I I I basically I want to try every possible thing, and and I do not want to be thinking. I certainly don't want to. I don't want. I'm not going to like say that you know. I will never ever use violence, even in self-defense. I will try everything else I possibly can, you know, um, to avoid it. And uh, because I think that it's a, it's a heavy price to pay. There's people with you know post-traumatic stress disorder from using violence in in whatever situation they did. You might have used violence in self-defense, but you might live with it for the rest of your life in ways that will constantly haunt you and trouble you. And so, I don't know. I'm not I'm not, I'm not completely certain that I would want to. Um, live my life having known that I've killed someone and that be hanging, hanging over me for the rest of my life. I might, you know, r- take the risk of that. I might not survive an encounter by trying to do something else instead, you know, things like that. And so I, so I look at it as a last resort and I also look at it as I'm not thinking in terms of, Oh, um, I'm going to use violence to defend myself. Cause that might change the way you, you do things. You know, it might put you in a situation where you're a little bit more likely to get involved, get into a violent situation because you've, oh, I've got defense and I'm justified in using it if I, if I need to, if someone attacks me. And so you might not take every possible precaution to avoid a violent encounter before that point. You might not, you know, suck it up and put your ego to the side for a moment for, because some guy's trying to pick mm-hmm. a fight with you in the bar or whatever because you felt, well, I'm justified. He started the fight, you know. And I would just say that, um, and I'm not saying you're not justified either. I, I mean, right, I'm, I'm not I saying that either. Along with my desire to avoid violence is my desire not to judge other people because I don't feel like I am 
better I think than you're them fully and in justified. a position to judge other people. Right. You know? I, I think you're fully justified to respond to initiated force with violence to defend yourself. I think that's fully justified. I just don't know whether it's right for me. Right. I'm just not yeah. sure if it if that's the right path. And you're bringing up some very good reasons. I can think of examples in my life where. I could have used violence uh, to stop a situation like a handgun, for instance, and it would have made things immeasurably worse had I chosen to uh, to do that. Mm. Right. Immeasurably and that's, worse. That, that, that's generally my uh, my yardstick, too, is there. I just can't think of too many instances in my life where violence would have been a better solution to the problem than nonviolence or, you know, mitigating harm or whatever the, the you know terminology you want to use. And also, someone will say I'd rather be um, judged by 12 than carried by six. And they're thinking of a situation where if I'm in a situation where I have to defend myself, then I'd rather do that than die. And that is I cannot break that logic. I can't say, nope, that is not sound logic. I understand that. Um, I think the only thing I can say, and I can't prove definitively, you should not do that. You shouldn't, you know, use a gun in self-defense. I, w- I would not be able to go there and uh, and have a leg to stand on. But I do think that you can certainly introduce a lot of complications that, that it is just not that simple. I mean, there's a, you, you might die when you might not otherwise have died because you decided to use violence in that situation. I mean, there's any number of things that could happen, you know. Big, you witness a murder and say, I'm going to go and def-, Or you witness someone committing violence and you go and try interfere. Now they've been seen doing this thing and now they're, oh, they don't want any witnesses and they might get... They might kill people when, in a time when they otherwise might have walked away. Also, or when, being an eyewitness is a terrible, uh, you know, situation to, to start using violence in because you don't know what precipitated the fight. Maybe the guy who's winning was the guy who was attacked, mm. and you just don't know. So you're going to go yeah. kill a man who had force initiated against him. Yeah. More coming up here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Plus, I think there's a problem inherent in the question in that he's kind of collectivizing this, using this concept of the state when it should be broken down into the men. And women. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. You bring up anything, dial in toll-free, the number 800-259-9231. We call the show Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Head on over and you can uh, take advantage of a variety of things. We've got live streams there and we've got uh, various ways for you to interact with other listeners Go to freetalklive.com and enjoy, and if you want to help support the show, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations as well as into more people's ears from around the Internet. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. And a special announcement, we have updated our streaming links. I mentioned the listening live online. You can do that. Uh, the the old links will still work for a, for a long time. I don't know if we're going to change those anytime soon, but we've made new easy to remember links. So if you want to listen to the uh, the broadband version, you can just type into your media player. Uh, you can just type in HTTP that part the the HTTP colon slash slash high dot freetalklive dot com as in high bandwidth and then if you want the dial up stream H I G H correct it's or low in, I've been smoking pot. <laughs> 
No. Oh. Uh, it's low if you want the dial-up stream. So high.freetalklive.com for broadband, low.freetalklive.com for dial-up. And uh, so that should make things uh, just a little bit easier on folks. That way you don't have to remember port numbers and things like that. So uh, there you go. 800-259-9231. We are answering a question or a couple questions that came in about violence. And the first question was, when can one ethically engage in violence against the state, if ever? And I think one of the problems with the question is the words the state, because the state is a concept. Uh, it's an idea. It doesn't actually exist. What actually exists are men and women. That right. uh, Many of them are involved in this organization, this concept of doing violence, uh, initiating force on people in order to get their way, to extract money from you, to get your obedience as well. But most of the state agents, the people that would call themselves the state, are not actually engaging in violence. It's uh, typically only their their enforcement wing that actually does the violence. So if there, if the, the question here kind of suggests that, well, there would be somehow be violence that would be justified against the state, meaning all of the people acting as the state. And I don't think that even in a justified violent situation, and again, I abhor the idea of violence in general, uh, that you know, if the police came and attacked somebody, that somebody who was attacked would not be justified in uh, you know firebombing the tax office or the, the bureaucrats that are sitting behind desks. So, somewhere. I, I agree with you, but let me let me test your theory here, if I may. Um, so you're saying it's it's not okay to attack the postman with a uh, tomahawk when he comes onto your property because de- delivering the mail because you know he's just doing his job or whatever it is, and you know. Uh, just because he's getting government subsidies in order to do his job, that doesn't make him uh, evil or having initiated force with you. And I I suppose that makes some sense. But, um, you know, I guess what are the at what point does this stop? Um, Would you agree that uh, that the stealing from the government uh, is wrong, too? So if if uh, the postman's truck is sitting out front, (laughs) could you uh, jump in the truck and take it or, or not? Uh, I don't have so much of a problem with monkey wrenching. Okay. I don't think that I don't think that the destruction of uh, government property so force, or hacking of government computers or anything like that is is problematic. Force is wrong, but you know violence is wrong against the state. But theft is okay. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I, as we've talked about this before and I don't see, you know, if you can hack into a government computer system and shut down their, uh, their system, I don't see what the problem with that is. I'm asking about a, a um, a, a mail truck is what I asked about. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want to steal <laughs> the mail truck. Either. Um, the problem oh, with the man. mail truck is it would have to be empty because you are initiating force on the people who would, uh, have their mail in it. It would be reasonable to, to, to yeah. so you drop that off somewhere so they could pick it up and deliver it. No, I'm just, I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm not getting into this. I, you know, I, I don't like to think in terms of justifications. You know, I when don't I'm either. thinking, of, I'm thinking, of what's the best action to take for the results? But, and and I hate to think in terms of justifications. I, I do have I have a certain personal, and I acknowledge that it's personal based on my sort of sense of feeling okay with myself. There are things I am not comfortable with, and to say the nap is the bare minimum, I'm certainly not comfortable. The nap being the non-aggression, non-aggression principle. principle. We got to remember exactly. to label uh, things. Uh, the, the nap is a bare minimum non-aggression principle, but I go beyond that. I really don't want to use violence at all. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, on any particular case-by-case by case basis, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, if if you feel like you're alleviating harm and you're able to do it without hurting anyone, well, then, you know, but and the, the thing is, it's uh, there's a lot of property out there that, that they say is, uh, uh, that, that they call it public property, which is a, an oxymoron. 
based on what property means. And but I don't know. I mean, it's well, I, so I just I just don't like to think in terms of justification. People get a lot of crazy ideas in their heads, like say paying uh, their property tax in one dollar bills is is somehow going to do something against the state. And I've um you know I I'm just I'm asking here if taking the mail truck is justified because it's monkey wrenching, mm-hmm. then are lower levels of monkey wrenching justified? Because you know, for instance, uh, I know that the government pays two point one cents to produce a penny. So if I buy up all the pennies that I can possibly get, uh, I, I'm you know I, I'm amassing this uh, this copper wealth and stealing <laughs> from the government essentially. So I mean, at what point does all of this stop? If you, I mean, is it is it a war against the government or isn't it? I don't see how that's relevant to really the question at hand. Because it's uh, because theft because violence is intertwined with theft because when you take something that someone worked for but they didn't work for it a, I, I think they, it, they stole I think it. monkey wrenching could even be backfire on you I mean monkey wrenching it just thinking in terms of practical you know results for some of the same reasons that violence often I think has a ends up backfiring ends up having a bad long term result. Even when you feel like it was justified at the time, I think for the same reason monkey, monkey wrenching can too. I mean, we're in a PR battle. We're in, we're in a battle from hearts and minds, and that can be interpreted a certain way by certain people and, and really screw up the whole notion of who the good guys and the bad guys are. Indeed. You know, I, and so, so again, if you I think agree. in terms of justifications, you might justify your monkey wrenching and then make a bad decision because you've justified something that isn't from. smart. I see where you're coming from, from a PR <laughs> perspective. I got you. But we're talking about the question was originally about violence, right? So if you knew that the government people were going to say, let's say, go around and start confiscating weapons or uh, we're going to start round, or we're in the midst of rounding people up. It would be, again, from my perspective, I would be against the idea of some sort of uh, campaign to bring violence against the people that were doing those things. As wrong as what they were doing, it, it, what they're doing is wrong in that they're, they're aggressing against people, they're hurting people, they're kidnapping people, they're taking things from people. It doesn't justify violence, in my opinion, because I want to stay away from violence. But uh, popping the tires on their cars, I don't think there's any problem with that. If you can prevent them from getting to the place where they were going to do violence on somebody. The bullet in your head is going to be just as hard if you're popping their tires or popping their uh, brains. Right. I'm... I see where you're coming if, from. If but. you're if you're talking about a campaign of violence, you're likely talking about a situation where you know, like the Nazi Germany coming after the Jews situation that everybody wants to use. If the Jews had had shotguns when the when the uh, SS kicked in the doors, would the world be different? And I, you know, it's it's a question I honestly can't answer. I think that there's a good example in uh, the the Warsaw uprisings um, that in in fact the the Nazis would have been ready for something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, what, I think they should have non cooperated. What you're talking about is you're going to talk about the government uh you know ramping up to a level of violence well above what we're dealing with today which means that they're going to have guns ready at that point oh, well, and they're going to shoot vandals that's probably true i no, no doubt about that mark i'm just saying what i think would be a, an appropriate action as opposed to violence i think that there are actions that can be taken in a situation where they are enacting force on people in a much larger fashion than they are today a much more obvious fashion i think that in those cases monkey wrenching is you know is an entirely appropriate thing if you can slow them down somehow to, from committing violence against people without actually doing violence on them yourself then i think that you're certainly yeah, I, I think i'd have to see the specific you know suggestion of what 
is being talked about. Like, how bad is, is it getting? I think how non-cooperation much, is monkey-wrenching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just uh, not going right. along with the it program, is, yeah. uh, taking a, a case to trial, refusing to pay a fine. It's monkey-wrenching. Yeah, jail. I think there's a certain amount, when you, especially when you got the, the courts are really backed up, going and taking every single little case to trial. Right, and you want to talk about public opinion, there are certain people... And that's not people, even illegal. I mean, that's not right? even against no. their rules. I, you can I, do I that to a still guy kind just, of monkey-wrenching. I, I talked to a guy just recently who basically said that you're costing the taxpayers right. money when you take your traffic ticket to court. You'll, and I you'll told never him, satisfy them. you're never going to see any change in our broken system. Yeah. He agrees it's broken. You're never going to see any change in the broken system if you continue to facilitate and go along with the broken yeah, and system. And he's blaming the victim as but he well. he believed it. Yeah, I mean, he understood what I said right. once I told it to him. But, you know, that that's, that is that is a uh, zeitgeist, right. a meme that's going around. So you're right, Dale, that people are going to see monkey wrenching in a certain way. Some people are going to see it in a certain way. But other people are going to see it in a different way. Some people are going to look at that and they're going to say, wow, thank goodness those people are out there doing that non-cooperating and they're not taking their, their uh, cases to – or they're not uh, pleading out on those cases or you know they filled the locks with epoxy or whatever the uh, – and, and how that's, how it gets received depends a lot on how bad the government's gotten and how bad true. people are be feeling uh, abused by it and so on. So. I don't think you can check yourself – I think that if you're checking yourself too much, you're never going to do anything. If you're too worried about sure, what people sure. are going to think – uh, you just have to have your own set of uh, morals. You have to figure out in advance where your lines are going to be drawn. And, and I am, I'm reticent to, to accept the idea of, of using violence against even the most violent of the state actors. I'm very reticent to that. Yeah. I haven't drawn it out. I've, I've drawn it out completely. I mean, I still have an AK-47, but <laughs> we're coming up. Uh, hour or two is coming up. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the second hour of the program, inviting you to take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on our site for free. In fact, the main feature of the site is focused on you, the listener, and allowing you to actually create the content of the website by submitting different show prep suggestions to freetalklive.com and then having other listeners vote as to whether they like or dislike them, meaning that the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning more people will see them and click on them and read them and that sort of thing. So go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. Joining you tonight in the studio, it is Ian and Dale and Mark. As we go to the phones here, we actually are in the middle of an email about violence. It's a two-question uh, email. I think we covered the first one fairly extensively. We'll get to the second one here in a moment. Uh, but first, let's talk to David in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Um, hi. Hey, David. I was just going to kind of um, defend violence to some extent. Um, I appreciate the fellow that that talked about um, 
you know, using, not using it or finding some way around it or something like that. He's with you. I forget his name. Sorry. Dale? All of us, uh, yep. I, think, I think most Dale. all of us are, are against the idea of violence. And in, in general, I'm not quite a pacifist, but I am toying with the idea. Um, this is a scenario I'm thinking of. I always think of high school and stuff like that. What if somebody's getting bullied in their in their life, and they're and they're not a fighter, and they're not a person inclined to violence? What if what if their life is being made like hell and stuff? And a lot of times, I think if somebody intervenes who at least poses a legitimate threat of violence and intervenes, they can make that person's life way better. And no, I, I agree. Think that I think it's a really complicated reason. situation, and it might, you know, it may work. I mean, threatening them might actually get them to back down, and uh, you know, I, I can't deny that. Um, if you really want to, you know, figure out how to solve problems without using violence, I think you know, I, th- maybe there'll be a lot of other things you could try, you know, to to get them to to change that behavior, or you know, it, maybe. But at and that I don't moment, think you should. The, the worst thing about the worst thing that causes bullying is being forced in the situation where you have to hang around someone that you know you wouldn't otherwise have to. Right. Public My school. first thought is I would avoid that person. You know, and public school is uh, you know the main places they talk about it on the School Sucks podcast. The uh, the the places the worst places for bullying are places where people are forced together, or the, pretty much the only places where bullying happening happens. And the worst is the prisons. So, uh, next is. Um, I can't remember what one of them is. One of them is schools, of course. Military, Mil- public military, you know, has military, hazing. Yeah. military. It's like uh, it's basically um, jails, prisons, government institutions, schools. Right? <laughs> yeah, places, places where you're forced to be in, the, yeah. in a, with a group of people that you're not necessarily compatible with. You know? Right. You don't see bullying a lot in the workplace. I'm certain it happens, but you know, I wouldn't. I, I, I couldn't see myself putting up with bullying too much. You know, maybe a situation where some guy gets too loud in a bar or something. You know, and I'm I'm going to let that roll off my back. But in a work situation, that's that's something entirely different. You know. Well, I mean, it's nice for us to sit here and say, well, yeah, you should get your kids out of the government school, and I agree. But a lot of people don't feel like that's an option for them. Yeah. And so then they've got to deal with a situation where the government bureaucrats well, aren't going to do anything about it. And I, I totally understand where David's coming from, which is why I say you're entirely justified in getting involved and stepping in and, and rescuing that person from uh, from being attacked. You and, know, if you're you know if you're, if you're being bullied in school, I think a, a lot of kids are really really worried about saving face in front of their friends and other people. And so I think you have to ask yourself, well, what's more important to me? Uh, my beliefs, which are very, you know, how important is your belief against violence? And are you willing to not, you know, to lose some face with people who are going to judge you because you didn't fight back? Because you didn't fight someone who was trying to bully you. Well, there's also uh, because things- you could do things that will will say they'll help that situation, and, but that might make you less popular with people or something, right? There's also things like Aikido and Jiu-Jitsu, which uh, basically don't use violence, but they'll use the attacker's momentum upon themselves. So they're, you know, like hand moves that uh, will, will bring somebody down to the ground. How can you say that's not violence? I, I, look, if but a guy, see, I don't, I if don't a really guy have... grabs you and see, that then you hold me, his hand while you turn your arm in a certain direction, I mean, you know, he and he goes flipping around or it hurt, it breaks his arm or whatever, he had to attack you. And I think that there's, there's, there's different... 
Violence just sounds so final. If you're doing mm-hmm. what you need to do, the the minimum that it takes to avoid harm, I think that there needs to be another word. Another for, word for that? There's another word for that and out there. There should be. And it there isn't really one. So like there's this path of uh, of sort of least resistance. Because I think getting your face pummeled to the ground by some big dork is uh, is is not the path of least resistance. It doesn't help everybody because now you've made the dork commit to a path that it's a felony, right? He's He's committed to that path, or you allowed him to commit to that path. And um, mm. you have to deal with the hospitalizations and whatever else you have to deal with. So if you just take, you know, take his one hand grab on you, put him down to the ground, suddenly you've got a whole different scenario. Yeah, I mean, the definition of violence is the exercise or an instance of physical force usually affecting or intended to affect injury. So if you're just intending to stop the attack, what's the word for that? What is there a word? I mean, maybe we just don't know it. Uh, maybe violence is just so commonly used, nobody ever uses that a stoppage. <laughs> well, I one thing I know is that the people that don't use violence are the much higher form of person. I, I that's for sure. And it's tough not to use violence because uh, I think that we we've kind of been it's trained. one of the first places I go to. Yeah. Well, I you know I you know I say that you know well if if you, I say if you value peace more than look being popular at school or something i say that like you know like it's a straightforward um approach to things but i also know that when i was a kid i wouldn't i you know i didn't think the same way i do now i i did, i was much more concerned with what people thought of me i mean my whole world was you know to some extent wanting to be liked more and i wasn't a popular kid in school and and i, and I understand that that's not easy but i think a lot of it comes down to that is that you know you you um a lot of you know standing up to the bully is is about sort of presenting a certain image to the people around you and being seen a certain way and if you if you love peace more than you care about that then you might you know there's a lot of things you can do to get to avoid the being attacked by the bully that just may not seem very appealing maybe peace restoration as a, as a you know better better word because like for instance i was watching this video about people in kind of groupthink and uh, not it was these kind of hidden camera footage of people ignoring others who were in a stressful or dangerous situation. So, for instance, uh, there would be people that were walking by this guy that was laying by some steps of a building in a city, clutching himself and like screaming in pain. Just people walking by and ignoring him, not even stopping to say, "Hey, are you all right?" Um, this is a big city, though. I mean, that's just... I know there's always an excuse. People are busy. They've just, got uh, things well, to do. No, big cities, you're be, dealing with a, a larger population of the mentally ill. Sure, it could and, be some drunk. You know, I, I understand that, Mark. I'm just saying. Then there was another one that I think was much more persuasive, which was this... Uh, they set up this guy and this little girl, maybe, I don't know, six years old or something like that, and the, it was, just, was all a setup to see who would respond. And he would come up and grab her in a public place with people walking by, and she would yell out stuff like, Hey, you're not my dad! You're not my dad! Let go of me! And just just uh. to see what, what people would do. And most people just did nothing. Wow. And so in a situation like that, if you were to step in, uh, you'd be restoring the peace. You wouldn't be attempting to inflict... Unless you did int- attempt to inflict some sort of punishment on that person, if you just separated the two and then kept him away from her, would that be considered violent? I mean, you 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 did initiate. You you kind of you went in, you broke the grip, you you pulled her away. I would love to have a better word for that, if if not violence. 
Because I think that is an entirely correct well, no, action. No, I don't have a problem with that. Right. Like, I mean, you're not trying to hurt the guy. You're, right. You're trying to, you know, stop him from doing something. You're trying to stop him from hurting someone else, you know. So prevention? Stop I, I, mean, and I personally don't have a problem with that. Like, I think I would maybe. do the same thing. I would, try to, I would try to do something. I probably wouldn't try to hurt him. But, you know. Yeah. Just to stop the, uh, stop the aggression. Stop yeah. the attack. And to set things back to peace. Hey, David, thanks for the thoughts tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Love your input on this uh, discussion here. 800-259-9231. Or you can bring up anything. Now, of course, there's also the practical aspect of violence in a situation. That uh, brings us to question number two, which we'll get to here in a bit. Also, we'll take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. You're listening to Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. You don't have to stay on topic. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, though we are looking for uh, people's opinions on violence, and uh, specifically another word. What, what's a, a better word than violence for, for instance, just restoring the peace? Uh, stopping an attacker without actually dealing extra blows to him you know, in some sort of punishment aspect. Uh, is violence the right term for that? I don't know if I agree with you, Mark. I don't think it is the right term for that. But what well, else is there? At least a catch. It's too big of a catch-all. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, because violence could be it's everything from uh, you know, kidnapping children, cutting their heads off, sticking sticking them on stakes around your yard, and uh, using their their tongues as uh, uh, dishwashing material. Um, uh, to <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, I'm just saying it's it, it, it all the way to um, you know t- taking an attacker's body weight uh, through the the uses of dodges, uh, taps, and and nudges in order to uh, to, to to put them on the ground. Yeah, so uh, your thoughts are welcome, or bring up anything at 800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You will find uh, that uh, our features on the site are totally free. They include news updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on the various different lists. We've got our updates list, which is via email. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com. So what's the reason that you don't write your congressperson on important issues? Is it because you know it's pointless? It doesn't have to be that way. Your voice can be raised with tens of thousands of others. Go to DownsizeDC.org and sign up today. They send out emails several times a week letting you know about the important things uh, uh, that, that are going on in Washington, D.C. that uh, the, the, that the uh, thieves in Congress are, are dealing with. And uh, right now they've, they've been sending out stuff on the Disclose Act. Apparently, Downsize D.C., along with all the other uh, citizen action committees, have managed to, to put that one uh, underground for now. It's down DownsizeDC.org. I am a member, and uh, you, you should be too. All right, let's continue with the, your phone calls. We'll get back to the question about violence here in a moment that came in via email. But Bruce is listening to WCER in Akron, Ohio. Bruce, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Bruce? Hello, how are you doing? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? I was going to, you, you're going this uh, topic of violence. I was going to ask what you thought of Jesus teaching about turning the other cheek. 
I Somebody, that's that's what I would like to say I would do. Hard and, to do though. Right. I, I heard a, I heard a version of Jesus t- turning the other cheek recently, where someone said that what that was was daring them to do it again, meaning he would do something if they did it a, a second time, like give them a chance. But but man, but, you know, yeah, I was, I was like, wow, that's this is the, the dirty. I, was I know I this is the dirty hairy Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> version of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a bit skeptical of that interpretation, needless to say. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask what you guys thought about uh, Mr. Minajad saying that the uh, 9-11 attack might have been an inside job and the American Assembly walked <laughs> out on him. I don't know. There's a lot of people I, who believe that. I, I, yeah. yeah, A whole lot of Americans believe that, I, myself included. How about you guys? I don't really have don't, an opinion. I don't know what happened on 9-11. I know what the government story is, and you could call that, like, you put that on the the far right side of a chart, and I know what, like, the the 9-11 truth uh, version. There's a I've bunch heard of that version on the complete opposite side, and I think the reality is somewhere in the middle. I'm almost certain that we are not getting the straight story. Uh, I have, I am in, 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 almost, I would say almost with certainty that the government is not giving us the complete story, and I would say almost with certainty that uh, all these people that claim to know exactly what happened are probably aren't exactly right. correct either. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so it's probably I'm, somewhere in the middle. I'll agree I, I don't you. know exactly what happened, but the, and the, it doesn't the, matter to me. That's the thing. It's kind of like if you if uh, if I found out this guy was. Uh, uh, if there was this guy and he had admitted to murdering 200 people, let's say, and I and I saw this group obsessing about this one murder that he had not admitted to uh, that uh, was really obscure, but like there was some evidence that maybe he did or maybe he did. And I'm like, he killed 200 people. Who cares if he killed 201? He's a murderer. Right. And that's the way I look at our government. So, um yeah, you know, they're killers, the, they're liars. Look how many people that they've that they've openly killed and aren't ashamed of it. Look how many um innocent people they've put in jail um for for drugs or things that are that do not have victims, they are not crimes. Uh look at the things um look at the uh, people they killed overseas, the brown people that are that they consider to be lesser people because yeah, of yeah. stupid things. I look at all that and I go, oh, who, why are we obsessing over this?" Oh, we are who not. cares? Some people are. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're when not I say I shouldn't I use the collective we, which is a mistake to use right. on this show, but yeah, I feel Obviously, like, I am not obsessing over it. I, so. I feel like the people that that uh, believe that 9-11 is the way, that so-called 9-11 truth is the way to bring people into the liberty movement because, well, that's how they were brought in, is uh, I think it's a mistake personally because I think it's the most ineffective uh, method of bringing people to the conclusion that government is evil, that government hurts people, that government does uh, things that are, that are harmful to peaceful people. I think that trying to convince someone of this conspiracy theory is uh, the most is one of the most difficult ways to go about doing that when there's this plethora of evidence all around. I mean, we just read a story last yeah, let's night. Let's look about, at the obvious stuff. Look right, at the uh, stuff out in the open they're doing. Where there's no question, where there's no hypothesizing that is necessary, where there's no speculating that is necessary uh, in order to show that the governments are, by their nature, violent monopolies and they hurt people. That's how I feel about it. What do you think the president had an interview with Bob Woodard? And he, he basically said, we can absorb a terrorist attack. I mean, what do you make of making a statement like that? Uh, Who, Obama said that? Oh, Obama said that in an interview. We can absorb a terrorist yeah. attack? Because we we got to do to prevent it, but, you know, we absorb 9-11 and we can, we can absorb another one. Well, I, I suppose that he's right. I mean, if, if, if terrorists attack uh, the United States, uh, that we will absorb it in the sense that, you know, life will go on. Well, it, you know, there's, um, there's it's a, it's a couple another... of things to think about, but um, if, you know, the, the odds of being, of any particular person being the victim of a terrorist attack 
are minuscule compared to a bajillion other things that you ought to be more afraid of that can you can do stuff that you can do stuff about and so forth. Hey, so American I do think it, and, and the whole idea of absorbing it is an awfully sort of a callous way of saying it. But the reality is that we are waging wars in theory to protect us from something which. Uh, is 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 a, it's a bit silly in the big scheme of things. Well, if you think if you about it, at, you know. the American people are absorbing terrorism all the time. The U.S. government is uh, is a terrorist organization, and they're constantly uh, threatening people. They're they're hurting people. They're constantly stealing from people and, and threatening them with violence. And people absorb that all the time. You don't think he could be preparing us for an October surprise before the elections? I don't know. People have been spe- speculating about that stuff for years. There was a speculation on an October surprise are, last are you year. Positing, are you making a prediction now? Are no, you I'm making not a making prediction? a prediction, but uh, it's awful funny. He would make a statement like well, that. Well, I mean, no, Bruce, no, make a prediction. Go out on a limb. And well, I'm not making felt, a prediction. Okay. Bruce, this is where right. the rabbit hole goes. Specu- yeah, you're going down the rabbit hole. Lately. This is, this is <laughs> well, where the rabbit hole goes, though, because if George Bush was in on it, then Barack Obama has to be in on it. Then yeah. all the other – there's a whole I bunch of – I think they're both in on it. What's that? Uh, right. I, I'm just, I think the Republicans and they're both controlled. But, don't well, you? I, I understand, but uh, you know, th- now you're you you. This is what I'm saying. The rabbit hole leads to. Then there's a whole bunch of people that work for the government that have to be in on it, right? There's uh, air traffic controllers and fighter pilots and uh, people that planted the bombs or whatever. A whole bunch of people that would have to be in on this. And now the speculation is: is not only is there an, a, a, a an elite cabal of people, but that there's these these uh, evil 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 yes men that will uh do anything and say anything and kill thousands of people upon the whims of these uh these guys and i just so, uh, dick cheney told uh the norad to stand down you know to the jets to defend our country when nine, I, i'm just the- i'm just not interested in speculating about that stuff it may be if it's true and then it's true but there's so much out in the open that uh i already don't trust obama or any of the other politicians yep. thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 if you ever thought that they would protect you in the first place, you've been fooled. 800-259-9231. They have zero obligation to provide you with any protection. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and you'll find features there like our listening options, live streams. We've got them, broadband and dial-up versions. Uh, There are some new links that are available there to make tuning in hopefully a little bit easier for you. And you can find those over at listen.freetalklive.com. 
Uh, when you're over there, you'll also find other options for listening, including our webcam, our listen lines, which allow you to call via any phone, and that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live around the clock, as also our live streams, the broadband and dial-up versions, also are 24-7 Free Talk Live, the latest episode, all the time at listen.freetalklive.com. The listening options brought to you by qualityrentals.com. I want you to think about that, the child that's most special to you right now, and when should you start teaching them about the ideas of liberty? I figure you can't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. He loves it. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple rhymes, graceful, uh, simple rhymes, uh, graceful story, and uh, beautiful illustrations on every page make it one of any child's favorites. Go now to freemarketunderdog.com. You can see some samples there. Order today. Get a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL, an island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, you take control. We go to your phone calls. Ed is in Louisiana. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. <clears throat> Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. What's on your mind? Look, uh, I have a concern about our government as well. I believe that um, we've been derailed from our system. Uh, our government has uh, taken laws, used word magic, uh, made them obtuse, made them where we can't understand them, and we don't have a system where we get to watch our government. Our system has been derailed because we don't have a system where we can watch what our government passes as laws. I mean, we could do research and and do all that, but why why don't C-SPAN have a channel where they have a commentator that all he does is tell what laws are being passed or debated, Tell who sponsors those laws and tell the pros and cons of that laws. And they, they can even have proponents and, and opponents that. come on and debate those laws. They can actually, you know, tell <laughs> well, us the ramifications of those well, laws. Would it that's, matter? That's, Look, I understand what you're I understand where you're coming from. Like you want to be informed about what goes on in Washington. Transparency would be really great. Yeah, but what would it matter? I mean, who the hell is going to sit there and watch? Who watches C-SPAN as it is, except the most hardcore political junkies that are already kind of tuned into some of this information? And uh, so who would sit there and watch this mind-numbing uh, programming? And also, even if you were sitting there watching it and gathering this information, what would it do to change anything? What would your becoming more informed about what they're doing do to actually change anything? Because they're not going to they're not going to not pass or pass a law based on what you say about it. I mean, look at what happened with the uh, with the the bailouts that came around back I think at it was the tarp. Maybe it, was it was when Bush was leaving, getting ready to leave office, and he did that first round of bailouts, and everybody was all upset about doing these bailouts, and they were calling, uh, and they, they, it was like, what, the statistics were something like 90 plus percent of people that were calling 99 Congress, plus percent, yeah. uh, were, were saying, look, don't do this. And they didn't care, they did it anyway. So I, I guess I just don't understand why you'd even spend time on that. Well, what I'm saying, my point is that the loopholes that they insert into laws that we would be aware of as well, that would ta- uh, that would put an uh, a in- instead of having a left right paradigm with the de- uh, Democrats watching the, what the Republicans do and the Republicans watching what the Democrats could do, we could watch what they're doing and we could take advantage. And that way, they wouldn't uh, put loopholes in and make just per- certain people available to or access to that knowledge. And that's what would stop it if we had uh, enough 
outrage whenever they were passing something that we didn't agree with, that people would stand up and say, look, you're going to get voted out, and make sure our voting is done in a manner that we can make sure that it's... It got derailed a long time ago, though. The American people are nothing but zombies now. They don't watch nothing. But listen, here's one other thing I want to talk about. Well, this, wait, wait, this wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you get to your one other thing, there, there was a lot there. And the idea that uh, the, the American people are going to stand up and say anything to these politicians is just fallacious. I mean, they, they, they've been saying the same things. But well, election when they do season, say something, they don't get listened to. <laughs> at election season after election season. That was my first point, that no one cares what you have to say to the, the politicians. They don't care. And they're not worried about you voting them out. Because 90-plus percent of the politicians that are in office, the incumbents, will be reelected. And everybody thinks there's going to be some sort of clean sweep and they're going to change things uh, this year. And it's just nonsense. It really is. And, and even if they do put a bunch of new people in, it is only rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic and it will it will do nothing to uh to make government smaller or less intrusive or less expensive into people's lives seriously it's time to get disillusioned with that and start quit trying to fix your problems by fixing the government because it ain't going to get fixed you got to work outside of it or work around it or you know just it's it's not going to get the government's going to stay the way it is and just figure out what you're going to do based on that fact it's gonna get. Absolutely. It's always gonna be bigger and bigger than it was last year. It's always gonna be more intrusive than it was last year until it, until it finally just collapses on itself from just totally being incompetent and and just and and, and being unable to sustain the 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 big the big um uh, what, what would you even call it contrivance anymore. <laughs> Eventually, it's just gonna collapse on itself. But until then, you yeah. just have to deal with it as it is. I think it's not gonna change. Okay, that is the popular idea that, that that eventually it will collapse in on itself, and just like Rome and the fall of every other empire, it has to happen. But what it, are we going to let them take us down with them? That's what we have to do. We have to decide what we're going to do whenever this collapse happens. Are we going to let the same people reinsert themselves? Or are we going to start looking at who's doing what? It got derailed too long ago for us to fix it. Now you're right. It's futile to make any attempt to make any changes in this country because all uh, uh, it's like they say stalin said it, it matters not which candidate they vote for all 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 votes are for us so that's where that's we got statement. to and yeah. we allowed this and i tell people this and they go well what can i do i can't do nothing about it and that's how it got this way because well, I nobody agree with you there. yeah i, I you're, huh? the, you're what you're saying there is absolutely true and it's a good question as to well what do you do in that event or what do you do to prepare for that event and i think that some people uh that are that have joined the free state project have the right idea if you love liberty and you understand that being what being free means and that is being allowing others to be free and honoring your neighbor's choices even if you disagree with them uh and you know as long as you don't hurt anybody else you be, should be free to do what you want if you agree with that philosophy then moving to new hampshire as part of the free state project is i think one of the best choices you can make bringing liberty-minded people together who understand these concepts to the same place to concentrate their activism is the best thing that can be done to prepare for what is inevitable as you say these governments are going to collapse and the idea of replacing the government with a new government is a terrible one the federal government is a is it governments period are an it's just a kind of decrepit old idea that needs to go uh, certainly the federal government definitely needs to go and so hopefully we can see new hampshire perhaps have some level of secession prior to the actual failure of the United States federal government. I think that would be a nice political At least solution. Jump kind of nullification. Yeah, there you go. Jump ship. The Titanic is sinking, so 
Yeah, get Plan, the heck just, out. You know, quit trying to fix it. The and start, ship. Cre- start creating the alternatives now, yeah. like the alternative money. Uh, for instance, we're seeing that starting to happen up here with some people coming out with silver uh, barter currencies, things like that, silver-backed uh, paper currencies that are distributed in the way that the, the silver is kept so it's not all in one vault. We're starting to see some innovation in those areas. And so coming up with alternatives to uh, the state government services is something else that can happen. But only it will only happen if you get the right people together in the same place. And that's why I think the Free State Project is really the, the linchpin of, uh, of achieving liberty in our lifetime. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And uh, if I may, can I make one more comment about the 9-11 issue, please? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Um, on this, this with Ahmadinejad coming in and going into the, uh, the United Nations Assembly and sitting there and telling everybody in the world that the uh, U.S. and Israel responsible for 9-11 has done, done nothing but made the people who see the truth about 9-11 become Muslim sympathizers all of a sudden. Anybody who speaks up about 9-11 now is going to be accused of being a Muslim sympathizer. Oh, I don't and that's know what's going to happen. I don't know about that. Just more likely be accused of being a kook. I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Not that you are necessarily, but 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and you'll find that the features there are free. So enjoy those on us and freetalklive.com. By the way, one of the things you can do over there is help support the show because, well, the site's free. Uh, You might want to send us some money on a voluntary basis, in which case you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations uh, as well as more uh, internet connections, getting more people's ears Uh, Over at amp.freetalklive.com, you can sign up uh, with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options. Get perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, forum, the Amp Only podcast, and more. Get the details. Get signed up. Amp.freetalklive.com as we go to KB, listening in Kansas. KB, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. KB. I just wondered if you heard anything more on that uh, world uh, global uh, transaction tax that they're trying to push at the United Nations this past week. Uh, no, I've not heard anything on that at all. It's only about five cents on $1,000, but I think they're just trying to get their foot in the door, just like the income tax started in mm, 1913 sure. at 1%, and it was to tax all the rich people, but all the rich people are... Uh, uh, like the Rockefeller started the foundations, and uh, but I just wonder if you heard anything new on it. Uh, well, no, we never really heard anything beyond from one of our callers in the first place, I don't think, about that. And so, no, I have not heard anything. Uh, but I think if you're right, if you're right, and that is something that they're trying to do, I think you're probably right in that that would be their approach, would be to get the foot in the door. I think that speculation is uh, is accurate. 
Well, I think another thing we've got to watch is that they don't put it in one of these 2,000-page uh, uh, reformed uh, health care bills, well, too. You like watch that. I, for one, am not going to watch what they do in uh, the federal government because I, I know they're going to screw us, and I don't really – it doesn't matter to me what they put in There's there. nothing you can do about it anyway. So well, you're right. basically just losing sleep over something that's completely out of your control. Yeah. I'm not going to pay. Uh, I'm going to avoid uh, consenting to as much as I possibly can and avoid paying them as much as I possibly can. And I thank you for the call tonight, KB. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So this idea is alive and well in America that, uh, well, if we just keep an eye on them federal government guys, they'll uh, we'll whip them into shape. <laughs> it's still alive and well out there. We just need to elect the right people. <laughs> well, and that's just, you know, you might point out some hazard that Obama brought along and go, look at this. If we had not gotten Obama into here, we would have avoided that. Yeah, you'd be in the midst of some other horrible, who knows yep. what hazard. I mean, and, 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 you know, who can possibly speculate about which, which one is going to be the, the lesser evil? I yeah. don't know. It's, they, they, <laughs> The, the, people say that uh, Obama lengthened the recession with his policies, and I'd have to agree with that. However, the Republicans—I mean, the, this war is uh, these wars that we've been participating in—are are a good uh, indicator. Of, you know, they're they're one of the causes of in, uh, these, this recession that we're dealing with. This—they've—you know—all the uh, productivity is going into things that they send out to go kaboom. They're spending four hundred dollars, as I understand it, per gallon of diesel fuel that they burn over there, and they're using them to uh, air condition. Tents, right? You had said it was a hundred dollars, and yeah. you'd been corrected. Apparently, yeah. it's four. Yeah, they, somebody get show me documentation that was in, in fact four. <laughs> so four hundred dollars is what it costs to get a gallon of diesel fuel over there. It's crazy. So um, you're 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 claiming the Republicans would have done better? No, they'd have amped up this war in the uh, the graveyard of empires. Four, I don't care if it's four dollars a gallon. They're killing people. Mm. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Again, this idea is alive and well, and it's just you have to wonder when. Uh, when folks are going to wake up to it. They're so, Americans are so ingrained into this concept that the federal government is savable, that all they just have to do is just elect the right people. And now there's the Tea Party. So they're rallying people <laughs> together and they're getting them all whipped up into a frenzy and they're talking about freedom. Of course, they don't really care about freedom because if they cared about freedom, they'd be talking about ending the war or they'd be talking about allowing people to come here and make a better life for themselves by immigrating and that sort of thing. So they don't really understand what I'm freedom I'm not telling means. people not to do anything either. I'm just saying do something productive. Don't quit trying to fix the federal government. It's not yeah, work. you are wasting your your you're, you are losing sleep for nothing. You are the, just the time you spend watching the news and worrying about it. You are wasting that time, uh, and certainly the effort and money and time that you spend trying to affect politics on a federal level, at the very least, uh, I believe it anywhere actually, but 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 especially on the federal level, you know, uh, you are wasting all that all those resources. Do something, but do something based on the notion that that's out of your control. Do some, uh, prepare yourself for the fact that it's going to do bad things. Figure out what you're going to do. Uh, divert your resources in some of the way. The Free State Project, excellent, uh, excellent thing to look into, obviously. Um, but do something, but not that. <laughs> Quit so, wasting your time that way. You're welcome to chime in here with your thoughts at 800-259-9231. There was a great article over at LouRockwell.com about prepare to be betrayed by, by Lou Rockwell, right. the guy that, uh, that runs the site. And it's all about, and I maybe we'll share it at some point here. But it's 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 all about this idea that these government, these these people that are doing this, these tea parties are somehow going to be looking out for you. The the elections that that will happen here in 2010, 
uh, that the handful of newbies that will be uh, swept into office by the Tea Party folk are going to somehow do something, this pledge to America, or what was it called last night, the plague on America? The plague on America. (laughs) Is going to do something to change Washington, D.C.? Sorry, why haven't you learned? How many times do they have to do the same things to you before you figure out that you're having the same playbook run on you every two to four years? And I'm not saying you as in, you know, you maybe you have figured it out. Maybe you, you have figured the, the scam out. But it, isn't it frustrating to look around at all of the rest of these people and see them just blindly Thinking that this next candidate is going to be the one, that this next candidate is going to be the uh, this batch of Sarah, she's so pretty, (laughs) and she sold Alaska one airplane on eBay. You know, and then you (laughs) you start looking and looking and looking at what the you know the stuff that she supported and she was for, and you know I'm not saying that there weren't some fiscally conservative things that the gal did, but by no means a savior. So, uh, so there you go. 800-259-9231. Coming up here in the third hour of the show, I uh, still got the nudist versus swingers over in France. There's apparently some hubbub, some, some controversy. Uh, these two groups do not get along, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we will explain that. But, uh, you we think sh- there'd be some kind of opportunity for some crossover there, but apparently There may not. be, but number two, for, we've got to get back to the, the actual email that we started out the show with uh, here or earlier in the first hour the, from Seth. Uh, asking about violence, number two question he has is when is it strategically advisable to engage in violence against the state? And I would uh, insert, instead of using the term state, the men and women who are violent in with it, calling themselves a state. If ever, when is it strategically advisable to engage in violence against the state agents, if ever? You know, I don't <laughs> – I think that uh, – I, 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 this is such a difficult question, right? So there's uh, something that's more important to me than anything else on the planet, and that's my son Jack. And if the state agents wanted to come get him, statistically, I'm more likely to get him back if I don't put little big holes in, in little bureaucrats, right? You're more likely <laughs> to never see him again if you put some holes in those bureaucrats. Right, I, I probably yeah. won't live very long. You'd be on the run for a very short while, maybe, yeah. and then they'd get you and they'd get Jack and you'd never see him again and you'd be in jail and... If if you're lucky, you you make it to jail, <laughs> right? And so, therefore, Not likely. If, if it doesn't, if it, if it, if violence, and that's what we're going to call violence, if violence um, doesn't work in that the most extreme circumstance for me, then I guess it's not going to work at all. That's how I feel about it. I feel it is uh, not only am I morally opposed to using uh, violence in general, I'm also I also think it's practically a very poor idea. Because you yeah, will end I, up dead. Yeah, it's 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 possibly going to end up dead, and and I think that and made to look like a crazy man, and made to look well. like a crazy man, you you won't be a martyr. <laughs> the news media will paint you as a Looney, Looney yeah. Tunes, and and the and you'll you'll have been painted as a man who killed heroes, because the cops yeah. are heroes to the to the media. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's strategically advisable. I don't I don't think there's really ever a case where it's strategically advisable. And and I'm glad that it's being talked about in the terms of of whether it's strategically advisable or not, because that takes it out of the realm of justifications, which I think are a completely separate issue and totally irrelevant to effectiveness. I think what's effective and strategically advisable is getting people together and having them non-cooperate and having them gum up the system and refuse to obey. For instance, you brought up the uh, the Jews in Nazi Germany, Mark, and the question of whether or not they 
would had they met the SS with uh, with clubs or in some way some violence, uh, counter violence uh, to uh, defend themselves. Would that have changed things? You suggested that the SS might have been prepared to handle that. Uh, but the SS they, was a government organization. You can darn sure believe that they were p- prepared to handle it. One thing they couldn't do uh, would be to handle mass noncompliance. If they, for instance, if the Jews hadn't uh, dutifully reported to the cities to be concentrated in the first place there, then that would have made the, the Nazis' jobs of rounding them up that much more difficult. Uh, you know, don't wear the yellow star that they give you uh, to wear, that kind of thing. Don't go along with the registration program. I believe they put them in the ghettos before that, so they would have known whether you're wearing your star or not. Yeah, so don't go to the ghetto, don't report to the city, etc. Don't obey the state. Uh, number three, hour number three is on the way. You take control at 800-259-9231. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Speaking of SACL CAI, the man, Jason Osborne, uh, is going to be on his way to New Hampshire at some point soon. As I understand it, he's moving out of his house uh, tomorrow and in Ohio and that he's got himself awesome. yeah he's got yeah. himself a new one up here not a new house but he's buying a house that is new to him uh, up here in New Hampshire and good news for New Hampshire freedom and and Jason Jason Osborne is uh, is one of the longest running uh, supporters of Free Talk Live and thank goodness he is making the move. We need more people uh, to, to get on up here and join the, the movement. Uh, the sooner, the better, regardless of whatever your economic economic circumstances are. Uh, there are opportunities up here, and it's just it's the best place to be. If you love liberty, being here in New Hampshire with other like-minded, liberty-oriented individuals is uh, the best place to be. In fact, uh, Dale, you've actually been posting. Uh, you posted over the Free Keen Forum just, I think, yesterday or the day before that about about uh you know the i guess the some of the controversy surrounding the activism that has uh, some of the activism that has gone on here in the the keen area uh specifically the partying style <laughs> activism I, I think it just at some point i just i saw what seemed to be um this daily and then a nightly as well event that happens every day and every night and uh and that is like that seems to be the extent of activism for a lot of people is that they that they party and sometimes they get arrested for pot or, or open containers and things like that and and there's it seems like a, it just feels like a lot of showing up at the 
police station and going to court and stuff for issues like that. I, I don't know. That might be kind of in my head. I'm trying to think of like specific instances of that's what I was doing. But but um, it just feels like uh, it's like it's just it's just hard to keep looking at that as activism. Like you're partying every day and every night. And and that's your activism. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, you're running the risk of getting arrested, and sometimes are getting arrested for those things. But is that really? I mean, I don't I don't know that that's that useful because it's it's only gonna you know it's I, I like the idea of of breaking bad laws and showing the violence inherent in that system and so on. But I think that you know you want the most possible result out of that as, that you can get. You know, if you especially if you're going to actually end up going to jail, if you're going to get arrested and go through all that, go through all of that, you want it to be a powerful effect on people. That's the idea of civil disobedience. And, and I'm just not sure that it's a really good bang for the buck um, when that's yeah, all that people are doing. It might be that the public at large considers the Free State Project uh, members, be all of them, to be uh, essentially uh, ne'er-do-well pot smokers who uh, want to uh, not wear shirts in uh, the middle of, uh, the middle of uh, Central Square because of the actions of a few. It well, may and, be. And, and then also, like, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, the thing is, there's a certain appeal to something that's really high profile and you get out there and you get seen and you mm-hmm. look like you're fighting the man sure, sure. and all that and people you're you know but um and that's really appealing but the stuff that i think is not necessarily that i see that i hear people talk about but i don't really see happening as so much as is is are things that you know like like addressing um Addressing, say, for like I've heard people talk about food, not bombs, where they were going to they were going to feed homeless people and they weren't going to obey the rules about how they did that. And, you know, and I dare you, you know, local police or ordinance people to 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 shut down an operation that's feeding homeless people like they did in Orlando. Yeah, they did that in Orlando. And that's what made me think of it to some extent was they were doing this stuff down there. And I'm like, wow, why aren't we doing that up here? You know, because I know I got a lot of criticism when I went and volunteered at the at at a local soup kitchen. Well, and, I think part of the reason I think part of the reason is because it's not illegal, uh, at least that I know of. I mean, in Orlando, they specifically created an ordinance to ban the feeding of the homeless within a two mile radius of City Hall, and so they preparing went preparing food for people. If you don't do it a certain way, it is technically illegal. Is I mean, that right? that's, I mean, yeah, a lot of food not bombs is ha- is operating in an illegal manner because okay. they're they're collecting food that might be expired. Because, well, I think what you know, happened, uh, as I recall, because like you were working at the food kitchen at that time, and yeah. I think that. You know, you kind of, I, I, at least I, as I recall the discussion sort of centered around, well, why, why duplicate what's already happening? I mean, the, the, the local food kitchen does that job well, fairly well. Why, yes, why duplicate I, it? I, I, I said to people, look, there's a, there's a tremendous infrastructure in place of people who, who they have steady volunteers. I, at the time, was going once a week, and there were people there who were volunteering even more, even more regularly than, than that. Uh, and they get a lot of other volunteers from other sources. Uh, they have regular, regular volunteers. They have a big budget. They have people who donate to them regularly. They have people who donate food to them regularly. And and what was happening was people were angry because it was a state. You know, they get state. They get money from the city or the state. I can't remember which one. I think it's from the city actually. And they were angry, like, why are you going and volunteering there? And then they were, and then they would say things like, well, do something out of the system instead. And I'm like, well, I'm all for that. But see, that would take us putting out the same sort of comparative effort and and being consistent about it. You know, I don't want to fight the, this 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 organization that's doing all this good stuff and undermine them and, and, sure. and say they're bad and then not replace it with something else. And the people that were criticizing <laughs> you, know. you that were talking about doing the food, not bombs, never did it. 
And that, well, that's just it. I just knew it was all talk. Yeah. Because that, that requires sustained effort and commitment and putting time into it on a regular basis. You don't want to do something like that and then drop the ball. And yeah, that's where I see, I see a lot of people, oh, I'm willing to go party every night and get arrested. Well, do something, you know, do something that requires some kind of co- consistent effort and on, on, over time. And, and, and then if you really want to see change, if you really want to be an activist, you know, kind of, show it you know well, i think you're dealing with several factors here and i think that i don't think there's anything wrong with with uh, people getting together and socializing and, and having me a good time. i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i think that uh, at some level it is activism because there is an element of non-cooperation or civil disobedience involved i think though the most for the most part uh you've got Kind of this uh, this group aspect where there are power in numbers, right? There, so, for instance, if there are 30 people that are hanging out in the park that are engaging in uh, in drinking or whatever, or smoking cannabis, then it's a lot safer than if there's three. And so you've got this kind of numbers factor where if, if enough people are involved, more people will get involved and that kind of keeps things safe. Whereas uh, these people may be less likely to do some sort of uh, civil disobedience if they are the only person doing it. So, for instance, Andrew Carroll is one of the local activists who's, I think, a real star- self-starter, a oh, doer. Yeah. Uh, he went out and he did a cannabis activism where he held a bud of marijuana. Uh, he did everything like – I, I really can't think of any way to criticize him. I thought he did everything really, really well. Right, but yeah. the 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 focus was all on him, right? So he knew he was going to likely get arrested for doing what he did in that particular case. Whereas the average person who goes out to party at the the local park doesn't really think they're going to get arrested. They know there's that yeah. chance. They're still risking that, but it's not as risky uh, uh, if they're doing it in a group of thirty people. And the same thing. Well, where- it's a different kind of activism, and I and I liked it. I, I liked it for a very long time, and and I still I don't change my. I haven't changed my point of view about that. It's just that now it's, you know, sometime later more people are showing up and like partying in the park. And now it's not just 420, but it's at night too and getting arrested occasionally and stuff like that. And it's, and, and it's just that, you know, is that it? Is that all you're going to do? I mean, well, there's other things because that are, that are it, it, happening. It's just I know. Uh, they're not. Uh, you want to yeah. talk about consistency? I agree with you. But it's, it's like the most visible thing happening, and so that's the impression right. everyone it's, has of us. Right? But, it's, you know, it's visible so. and it's and it's consistent on, on top of that. Right? Yeah. It's every single day, every single uh, every single night. Uh, there are other things that are happening. Andrew Carroll just did his political campaign, uh, so that happened, but that's over yeah. now. And I listed some things um, that are happening. There are other things right. happening. They're not nece- again. They're not so necessarily really. Attention getting and high profile, like being right in the middle of the park every day and every night. And Sure. So. And I don't think the nighttime stuff's going to last too much longer once it starts to get cold. I yeah, don't know how the long that's going to take care of that. Yeah, that's going to go away it's, at some point. I suspect um, 420 will be taken care of too. But I agree with you, mm-hmm. Dale. This has been one of my frustrations with, uh, with the movement up here is that I, I would like to see more – uh, for lack of a better term, leaders or, or instigators. That's a good people, word. You know, a leader, uh, you know, uh, um, you know I, I wouldn't use the word you, – you, you seem reluctant to use the word anarchist, so I would be reluctant to use the word instigator too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like um, – yeah, I think leader's a good term. Good leadership is leader is leadership by inspiration, not by threats of violence, right? Do as I sure. say or, you know, because I got elected and we'll, if you don't obey me, then bad things will happen to you. Uh, good good leadership is by inspiration. Is when you inspire people. You do something and people are inspired by that and want to do the same thing or want to follow in your footsteps. So Right. And I think that we want to talk a little bit more about leading versus joining uh, here in a moment. 800-259-9231. I think we need all of the above. We need more leaders and more people that just want to jump on board something uh, to come up here. But inevitably, you're always going to get more of people that are willing to join something than start something. And that's part of our problem. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so head on over and enjoy. freetalklive.com features including our Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com That's shrine.freetalklive.com Now we've been talking about the Free State Project and getting activists to uh, to make the move up here and we're discussing some of the issues that we're having because, well, they're, no, nothing's perfect and things can always be improved upon as far as how things go and we're going to get back to that discussion here here in a moment but in order to encourage more people to move there's a, a new program out there mark well it's it's not particularly new but uh, there's a program called the next 1000 and they've got they've got dozens of people working on getting it done they've got 203 signers and uh, if you're not a part of the first 1000 and you intend to be in new hampshire by september 2011 then you can sign up even if you've already moved so uh, if if you fit that that uh, those criteria then go to pledgebank.com slash next1000. It's pledgebank.com slash next1000. All right. Uh, so let's go to the phones here and uh, talk to Andrew in Michigan. We'll continue discussing sort of some of the dilemmas that some activists are facing uh, up here in New Hampshire. Andrew in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? What's on your mind, Andrew? Hey, I was thinking, because last week, last Wednesday, uh, you and Mark were having a conversation, and it's kind of a... You know, the minarchist versus anarchist, sort of what is good for Keene. And, and Mark basically said that he didn't identify himself as a free stater to some people who asked. No, that's. And you and Meg were kind of uh, like, oh, no, that's bad. Well, hold on. <laughs> Before you go on, what I said is if I, um, what I intended to get across is if I were to move to New Hampshire now and I wasn't on a nationally syndicated radio program where we advertise the Free State Project. A theoretical mark. Right. This is a theoretical mark. This is, this is advice to people who might be moving you're, and wishing. You're advising people lie. Um, well, sure, sure. Uh, hold on just a second, Ian. That's yeah. a bunch of bull crap. If somebody asked me, hey, um, you know, what, what were you doing in 1997? Would I be telling them a lie if they asked me, um, if, if I didn't tell them I was in prison? Uh, no, no, the You're question just was, out. <laughs> that's not an accurate uh, analogy. The question was, are you a free stater? That's a yes or no answer. Do, uh, do you have more than $100 in your wallet? You don't have to answer that question. Well, but but I, my, my question to you is, all right, you can always say if you're having a friendly business, conversation with somebody, it's none of people's business. And I think that there are times that you're mm-hmm. allowed to uh, obscure the truth in, or, if somebody's asking a question that's none of their business. Yeah, but if you are having a friendly conversation with somebody and they're and you're talking to them and they're so saying, what well, if so, it's not friendly? So when did you? Well, then, well, then you, if, you, if it's not friendly, then you should be talking to them. Because I'm not answering the way you want me to answer doesn't make me a liar. Okay. 
if you're having a conversation with somebody and there's you know just it's friendly and they come up to the question of uh, well you, when did you move to New Hampshire? Yeah, I moved to New Hampshire. Well, why'd you move to New Hampshire? Well, I, I think I love, it's beautiful here. I love the Are way you a free stater. And then you would say that's none of your business. Well, the answer I, I avoid is it's none of your business. The answer to it is yes, right? Like there are certain yes no questions that you just can't answer. Do you have $122 in your wallet? You could probably get away with saying something like it's none of your business because it's too specific. But if you answer um, you know, that, hey, in 1997 were you in prison? Uh, well, Yes, I was. But it's none of anybody's business. I don't have to answer mm-hmm. that question. People shouldn't right. be asking intrusive questions like that. Yeah, because you're ashamed. Of being in prison? You're ashamed of being a free I, I refuse to answer that question for a long time. You're ashamed was of being I a, a free stater. Call me a liar for not answering not the question. I'm calling you a liar for that. I'm, call- I'm asking you to. Tell me whether I was or not. I bald-faced lied to people if they asked me that whether I had ever been locked up, incarcerated, had any kind of criminal um, situations. I told them lies. I fabricated my resume out of whole cloth to people in order to get jobs. Call me a liar. Well, if you told lies, then you're a liar. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, obviously, I can touch a nerve pretty quickly, and that, that was sort of what happened last Wednesday, and that was sort of the conversation. Um, but I'm just wondering if, Mark, if you could answer this, do you feel that there's any blowback that you get being a free stater from some of the free keener things? And couldn't that necessarily discourage uh, entrepreneurs who want to come to the keen area? Um, I I couldn't speak to uh, what it what it whether it discourages or encourages people. I think that uh, if you're into the civil disobedience thing, then Keene's probably uh, your place to be. But um, you know, I can tell you that as far as blowback goes, many of the friend the people I know that know that I am a free stater uh, have expressed to me concerns about the way that uh, the 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 free keeners are doing their activism. Many people have. Um, I've I've asked people on the street, sort of as guy on the street kind of situation. I largely get negative responses uh, regarding people who are, uh, you know, part of the that kind of activism. And I think that, yeah, that the I, I have to say things like, yes, I'm a free stater, but I don't believe in the kind of activism that they do. Um, you know, I'm really about being involved in the community and uh, running for office. Things like that, I think, are the best ways to do it. Well, I, I like to um, I like to take a little bit of emphasis off of civil disobedience as being like the alternative to politics. Because I think that's a sort of a false dichotomy. I, okay. I, would, I would tell people that Keene is a place to do all sorts of stuff, short, uh, you know, other than you know the political stuff. I mean, if you do politics here, I tell people you're going to be the big fish in the small pond here, um, and, and it has that appeal. But it's not you're not going to have the kind of support in terms of sheer numbers that you'd get in other places like in Manchester or the Seacoast area and things like that or Concord. Um, but I. I think that it's. I think was the thing is the thing is for me is that that's the impression people have of free keen primarily is from these parties because because they're high profile and so my thought is I would just like to do more stuff that's visible for other reasons that can you know just show that we do do other things I don't want to you know necessarily I don't want people to stop the thing the the four twenties I certainly don't have any I don't think there's any point in stopping the four twenties especially when they're so uneventful I think that's actually a good thing. I think it's it's good when you do something and you don't get the cops' attention on you or get arrested. If you if you just push it out a little bit as you go and then uh, keep not 
not victimizing anyone, respecting other people, and just just living free, and nothing happens to you, and you can you can try a little more later, and nothing happens to you. Like I think a lot of people have this attitude that it's not successful until you get until you get arrested. And I'm like, don't think of it like that. If you can be, if you can do activism and expand your freedoms without getting arrested, that's even better, in my opinion. Uh, unless you specifically are going out and saying, okay, I, you know, public, getting a lot of publicity and really talking about the issue and really getting the ideas out there with the intention of getting arrested in order to bring attention to that uh, to show how screwy the system is. I think that you do that in a very conscientious way. That's the way to go about it. Uh, otherwise, I like the 420s because they, they happen fairly uneventfully. And a lot of people walk through the park uh, and nothing major is happening. It's not scary. People are yeah, people. 420 events are happening, or whatever. And regular people are walking through the park, and they're not being phased by it. And so, if they hear people telling them horror stories later, oh, 420, it's this. You know, they're they're out there every day, and kids can be walking by. And, and but but people who have actually walked out there, they're like, this this is no big deal. And that's actually a good thing. Okay, I was just wondering if maybe anybody had started a business in Keene and felt some boycotting or some maybe some. If they had hired a couple of the free Keeners or the free staters, and somebody said, "Oh, I don't like those people. I'm yep. not going to go to that." Business There's a little anymore. bit. I, yeah, There's I something there, I can talk about about that. There was one employee, as I recall, that was uh, fired, and you know, part of his uh, the reason that they fired him was was over him being. And yeah, I heard it was something that went Jesse. the other way. More coming up here at eight hundred. Well, hang on to you here, Andrew. Hang on eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. You are invited to dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can enjoy our website at freetalklive.com. And the features there, we give them to you, including our webcam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch, listen, and chat with other listeners all at the same time, if you like. Uh, over at cam.freetalklive.com. It's brought to you by memorydealers.com. Yeah, memorydealers.com uh, is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They are the world's large. They have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They offer great prices and service on used networking equipment, such as Cisco routers and switches. Their stuff's in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's memorydealers.com. All right, we continue here uh, talking about some of the some of the issues, uh, controversy that has been generated here as activists from around the country and around the world have made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Uh, specifically here in the Keene area, there's been a more of a focus on living free and not begging permission in order to uh, to live free, just going ahead and, and doing so, and that has manifested itself into what has become daily uh, daily gatherings. And I wouldn't call uh, the 420s parties anymore. They're very just low key people standing around in the park. You were there at the, uh, the with me the yeah. other day, and in fact, there wasn't even any pot that was smoked <laughs> the other day. Um, so Sometimes there isn't. I mean, I guess occasionally. I mean, yeah, I don't go out to the 420s uh, that much anymore, personally, and it's. 
you know, I've got other things I'm doing. And so different people kind of come in and go out. And then there's also the nightcaps, which are definitely more of a party kind of socializing uh, atmosphere. There's open containers and there's uh, there's open cannabis uh, as well. And we've been discussing online over at the Freaking Forum and now been discussing on, on the air here tonight is kind of the aspect of, well, is this all there is? Are there other things that are going on? If so, should there be more? There should be more, I think. There needs to be more. There need to be more p- people stepping up and taking leadership roles. And my issue with the the word leaders, and I know we actually got Andrew still on the line with us in uh, well, Michigan. I, I, you know, something else, too, is that there is – there are people showing up every single day for 420, but not once a week for the anti-war rally that happens. Yeah. That's not a free cane thing, but there should be a free cane presence. Some people go to that, uh, from what I understand. Uh, they uh, uh, they did for a while. I was no, they, I, believe, I was one of them. I believe there was, you know, within the last few weeks, some people went, uh, went to that. They went, on the, they went on 9-11. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how many people <laughs> go. I don't uh, I don't go to them myself. I, was at, uh, I don't was, think there's, uh, there's very much of a free king presence at all there. A particular rally for, um, you know, where they, they had a speaker who was actually a free stater who came from across the state to, to speak about, um, it was a Bradley Manning uh, rally mm-hmm. and... I can tell you there weren't very many there. There there weren't there weren't a half dozen. Let's half dozen people total or half dozen people who were representing uh, the 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 Free State Project here in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, Kiba, excuse me, uh, Andrew, I think is still with us in uh, Michigan. I know we. I feel like there was yes. something we a point we went out on, but I didn't make a note. So whatever it was, I've uh, completely spaced on. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about uh, entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. You had yeah, a question. Well, yeah, and you were saying. Uh, I, I want before I forget. Um, I wanted to answer your question. Um, and I'll kind of rephrase it if that's okay with you. Basically, yeah, has anyone suff- suffered some sort of repercussions in terms of like a boycott or, or being fired from a job or something like that, right? Yeah, um, that was part of be- it and something else after that. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, uh, and and uh, what I was going to say is I know of someone specifically who was um, and gotten arrested over some activism, was very pro- – you know – Fairly publicly well known and being associated with Free Keen, and 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 uh, and there was and there was in fact pressure put on her job location to fire her, and it did not work. They, Literally, they customers coming in and and saying, "Yeah, you need to things. fire her yeah. uh, because she's involved with Free Keen or something," and then they would not do that. They there was were, another instance oh, wow. where a guy um, managed to, you know, for whatever reason, got himself fired, and among the list of reasons that they uh, they gave for firing him was because he was a Free State Project member, is an anarchist, or something like that. But it was anarcho Jesse. Wait, yeah, but was that where'd you hear that from? Though, did you hear that from him directly I, I or from know. someone else? I couldn't tell you because he was fired like every other day from like various jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I and I, like I and to I put I prom- that caveat in there in that particular um, instance. But yeah, this is a guy who's le- he's gone now. He's not even right. he's not even here anymore. And uh, uh, most of the people, most of the people yeah. that are uh, that are here in Keene, New Hampshire, where all the controversy is, a lot of them are are working at jobs. And a number of them are in management positions in the in those jobs, uh, and they're, and they're, they're doing fine. fine. Yeah, they're doing fine. They're holding jobs down just fine. And they're, and they're, they're doing activism. Know. Some of them are very public. Some of them have been arrested and worked it out with their with their employee. I know of one person who was arrested who, uh, who did some activism, refused to pay a fine, and knew he was going to go to jail for it, and worked all that out with his employer, and still had his job when he came out of jail. Okay, now to uh, to continue answering your question, as far as a boycott is concerned, because you'd also, you'd also touched on that, right? Yes, that was one of my concerns. Should I come and start a business someday? Well, know? it's good. It's a good. It's a legitimate concern because I, I think there are some parallels that are happening here that are similar to things that might have happened in the past and other places with with activism movements. I think that uh, there's. I'm not going to give names of the businesses, but there was a business that a uh, a free stater works at 
that we had gone to, uh, to you know, to, to meet, to have a, a get together at. And uh, it was it came out later on uh, to the business owner that we were meeting there. She was uh, was represented to her that uh, we were meeting because of, uh, you know, some sort of. I, I, to, to like reach out to her Much customers, more evangelical, yeah, which than, was not the case. Going on. Like the idea would be that we would be uh, hassling her customers or, or propagandizing them or giving them pamphlets, yeah, handing or something, a pamphlet as people walk in the door. Or something. Not the case. No. We would we were just sitting there socializing with one another, and so she was given this information, and it was misinformation, and she made a decision. Well, I found out later on the real story was that the city bureaucrats threatened to boycott her business. So, uh, so it's a you know it's a, like a downtown business. The city bureaucrats threatened to not come eat there anymore, and so that's the reason why we were told that we couldn't have uh, our get-togethers there. So it doesn't mean that uh, you can't eat there or anything like that. I've eaten there since then, right? Just, like because you want it, you're dying to eat someplace where they said that uh, hey you're not welcome here oh well no no it's not, well it was she, she, i understand where she's coming from she's i understand scared where she's coming from too i, I just her. don't feel welcome if she's going to capitulate to the bureaucrats that say hey uh you know we're They're not gonna eat an there. economic powerhouse indeed they are there are I hundreds just, of them she's not going to get my money over it. and this is the you know this is a realistic situation right whereas if you've got a group of people that are causing a situation they're causing uh you know controversy and anytime you threaten the status quo there's going to be controversy whether it's through the political yeah. system or through civil disobedience anytime those bureaucrats threat, see see their jobs as being threatened see their power and their legitimacy as being threatened they're going to do whatever they can to uh, to lash out against it and if arresting them their way out of the problem doesn't work they're going to try some I, sort of economic thing so i think mm-hmm. that problem will be solved the day we have more of us than there are of them i think a lot of this is a numbers issue and if at that point mark then you can go into that business owner and say well look if, if you're not going to ha- let us come here there's there's hundreds of us are you sure you want to do that because there's a lot of us that really enjoyed working here or, or, or eating here whereas once we have more uh, of us than there are bureaucrats i think that'll really change those situations yeah and, and the thing too you said you can't you cannot breach a controversial subject without you know without controversy i mean that's the point is people get upset when you if you take a strong position on anything you you, you get some people who will want to boycott you or do whatever i mean yeah. i can remember just being you know being just i can remember the crap i got just for being a republican in a place that was you know predominantly democrat you know if you if you if you're if, sure. if you're in an area that's predominantly democrat and you're a republican and I think that's part of then, what's going on here in Keene is we're further along to mm-hmm. some extent than a lot of the rest of the areas of the state. Yeah, you know, I got gonna... more hassled for that, in fact, than I have uh, for being a free stater. I've had people coming up to a booth I was operating, you know, at an event at a festival in an area that was predominantly Democrat, like I said, and having people come up and just literally shouting and yelling at us for was half an San hour. San Francisco. This was in L.A. In uh, yeah. L.A. But, you know, the, the, the political parties are much more of a threat, I think, to, uh, to, to people because in, in that if, if you have a strong feeling, say you're gay and you want to have equal rights to people who are straight, the Republican Party is largely a threat to your existence. I mean, they yeah. want uh, the, the Republican Party. Well, they're both probably a threat, I think Ian would say, right? Andrew, do you have any <laughs> other thoughts for us here tonight? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm good. Um, but thanks for taking, uh, you know, thanks for starting this out a little bit. Very good, sir. I hope that helped uh, somewhat and hope to see you up here in New Hampshire, wherever it ends up being. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind, even in the remaining moments, which are coming up here shortly. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. If you make it now to 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. If you want to help support the show... You can do that by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a portion of Amazon's profits. It's that simple. Get your shopping done. Get the stuff you need delivered to your door and feel good because Free Talk Live is getting a portion of the proceeds. If you go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com as we go to your calls, Kiba is listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Kiba. Hello. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Just super. What's on your mind tonight? I'm going to make a couple of comments. First, got to take up for Mark on that uh, need-to-know thing. I mean, if a total stranger walked up to you and asked you what you was doing in 1997, and you turn around and said, oh, I was in prison for killing someone, they'd think you was crazy. Okay? I agree with that. I, I, I say You don't have any obligation to answer those questions. But if, if you're in a friendly conversation at the dentist's office or something like that, and you're talking with somebody, and you've been talking with them, and you have a good rapport built up with them, uh, then... Then there's then I think there's a little bit more of an obligation to answer a question. I agree, but I have to actually say I'm very honest and out, outgoing, and I've been in a lot more trouble for being honest and outgoing than I ever would have been for lying. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying lying is inappropriate in all situations. I never right. suggested that. Sure, I got another like statement I'd like to make. I talked to you on the uh, internet a couple of days ago. I just like to say that anyone that would shoot a dog for no reason, I would not trust around a small child or a baby. Talking like is, you're talking about, about the cops. You're talking oh about the, my God, man. That just lit me up, dude. I bet cops shoot dogs more often than the, than average people do. Oh I don't my think they God, shoot. man. I, that's sickening. It seems like they're unlikely to shoot children, though. I think that the police tend to... Uh, he didn't say they'd shoot them. He just said he wouldn't trust them. Yeah, well. yeah, I wouldn't trust them around them. Because if you have that little bug in you that likes to kill harmless things... I wouldn't trust you around a kid. I just they, Well, people... There's, there are, supposedly there's a statistical likelihood of it of um if people who who are sadistic with animals or who kill small animals and things like that that there's a likelihood that they will later on start behaving that way with people it's true that's right every time you hear some freak doing something crazy you always hear that they abused animals when they was a kid or something like it seems like it it seems like it you're right about that what else is on your mind tonight keepa that'll do it man Great listen, y'all. I'm going down the road. I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Thanks, dude. I appreciate the call tonight. I appreciate right. hearing Later from you. On. Yep, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Oh, in case Andrew and others uh, who might be concerned are still listening in regards to the activism up here in New Hampshire and what's happening, I, I want to share the counter story, right? Because I mentioned that uh, there was this uh, supposed boycott by the government bureaucrats of a particular business uh, downtown in Keene, New Hampshire, because they were serving uh, a, a group 
group of uh, free staters that was publicly meeting there. Like if if we hadn't announced publicly that we were going there, then nothing would have would have ever happened. So it was the fact that it was was publicly announced uh, that uh, that made the issue. And but that's never happened anywhere else. I'd like to point that out. We've had uh, public meetings at a bunch of other places, and a handful at least of other places around town, and have had to move for various different reasons. But none of those moves were ever because we're activists, except that one that I mentioned. In fact, the current place where uh, people are meeting for well, actually Social Sundays is our weekly Sunday get together. People get together and they you know enjoy a few beers together at, at local watering holes. It's actually expanded now. It's at two different places just because activists don't all agree on where they want to go. So some folks uh, broke off and they created their own thing, which is happening at a, at, uh, a place where we used to be. So uh, one place where we used to meet frequently is now having us back. And the place, the other place we're meeting, a sport local sports bar, uh, actually stayed open on Sundays specifically because of our group. So our group is a, a big enough motivator economically for them. I, I think they even they also had an extra one person. The person who was serving us was not normally going to be there. They usually just have a bartender, and they mm-hmm. were having a waitress there just yeah. because we had a big enough crowd to warrant that, which means yep. that someone was getting more hours and getting paid more, and she was grateful for that. I talked to one waitress, and she's like, you know, she, and I was... Um, Yes, yeah, Sundays were dead before you guys. Yeah, she was. She was really glad that we were there. She got t- she got t- good tips for that day. She got um, she wouldn't be there otherwise. It wouldn't be enough crowd to justify it. Yep. And they and, literally uh, would have know. closed during the summertime. Yeah, that's what I, I'd spoken with the owner about it, and uh, and he's also liberty friendly kind of guy. Cool. Uh, and so they they would not have been open during the summertime on Sundays had it not been for us being there in the first place. So just to kind of point out the other side of that story, right? So right now, even though we don't outnumber the bureaucrats. Uh, there are still a few dozen folks, and that's you know people ordering hamburgers and wings and and beers and things like that. And that the wings are very very good at there's, refuse. Yep, yeah. there's some uh, some economics uh, at at work Great there. Price. And it, and it'll, happy hour. <laughs> it'll only become better for us as more of us move here. And and I think that the the issue that Andrew is concerned about, well, well, what if I open my own business as uh, as a liberty loving activist? I think that uh, the biggest problem that the liberty lovers have here is the the PR. Right? There's there's a lot of misinformation out there about what free keen is or what the free state project is i don't think the average person knows anything at all about this except maybe the rumors they've heard around town uh the average person hasn't had you know personal mm-hmm. contact that they know of uh with activists and so it's that personal contact that's going to help wipe that away it's the and the education the act of opening a business i mean they like you know because there's a, there's also a perception which is wrong of like people in free keen not having jobs and mm-hmm. things like that and and if someone actually opens a business in keen and they're a associated with free keen i think right there you're dispelling things you're dispelling um incorrect notions about what well the funny thing is anytime anybody stands on the side of the road with a sign the people yell get a job at them it doesn't matter what your (laughs) sign says right i've actually stood there and and seen the uh the, the like i don't remember who it was but it wasn't the the liberty activist somebody else was was holding a sign on the side of the road and they were being heckled with the same get a job loser phrases that uh that well i mean i suppose if you were holding a sign that the person agreed with they probably wouldn't yell that at you uh, but somebody else will yell that and yeah, it, yeah. it essentially means that you should be more busy than trying to convince people of whatever yeah. you're trying to convince them of and i totally agree the problem is is that there's a, a a system that is coercive out there that will if you do not do something um you know and and, and in fact it will do something even if you do do something it will it will uh, roll over your rights and it will uh, constantly grow get more expensive and more intrusive in your life so 
to get back to the original point of the conversation about having more people uh, starting things, be, being leaders, if you will, using that term, I think the problem I have with the term leader is it suggests there's only one. Oh, you're the leader mm. of the free keen. No, I, I own the website, but that doesn't mean I'm the leader. People don't follow my orders. They don't. I think the term leader has that kind of suggestion that I'm somehow in you charge. Know, the leader's just someone who's, if you think about it, just the person walking in front. You yeah. know, there's someone uh, and then other people decide to, to follow. They decide to do the same thing. We need more of that. And that's what it is. It's need- like, you know, it's like, oh, I like what he's doing and uh, I'm inspired by that. I'm going to do that, too. I'm going to join. I'm going to help out. You know, I'm going to become a part of that. That's the way it should be looked at. And, of course, the more you start things, there's kind of this problem where the more you start things, the more people look to you to start things. So, like, you've got people like myself or Rich Paul. Uh, we were having this conversation yesterday. Rich Paul is the guy that started the 420 celebrations. And he's like, well, what's next? Something has to happen now, and I don't want to be the one to start it. And I've been this, I've been saying the same things. Like, I've done this and this and this, and I don't want to be the one to start the next thing. I mean, I've got some ideas for what could happen, but if I talk about them, uh, you know, people like the ideas, but they don't. If they're not their ideas. So they don't pick them up and run with them. If I want them to happen, I'm going to have to start them. It's like you were saying, people aren't going to the anti-war things. Well, it's because nobody has has said, hey, let's go and do this and has put out the, uh, you know, the notice on the forums, has put out a pork 411, has, has stepped up to lead that. And it's, you know, it's the same problem here is that it's like the leaders are the, this core group and everybody else just kind of wants to jump on board. And I think part of that is because you've got folks that honestly don't have the activist cred. Um, you know, they didn't come from being an activist from where they, you know, whence they come. Uh, they didn't, they weren't doing it back then and they're coming here now and they're getting into activism. They're new. They, you know, they, they're looking for ideas. They're looking to jump on board with somebody that's got a good idea, but they're not ready yet or they're not uh, inspired enough or experienced enough to, uh, to start something on their own. I think that's a factor. I think you're dealing with, at, uh, at least here in Keene, a lot of 20 somethings. You know, it's easy to get a 20-something to show up at a party. They're used to that. They know how to party. That's what a 20-something does, right? So <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not hard to do. It's a generalization, but sure. And I think that that's beneficial because you've got to build those relationships. You've got to build friendships. These are people that are strangers that didn't know each other before they moved here, and they've got to get to know each other. So you weren't saying the parties are a bad thing. You were just saying we need to expand beyond that, and there needs to be more. Yeah, I'd like to see other stuff, especially stuff that's visible that help people see discover Free King that way instead of just through, oh, those are the people that party every night in the square you know so i guess yeah. my question is dale what are you going to do to start that <laughs> don't don't look at me <laughs> i'm making movies and stuff uh, 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 you're not i'm trying right to now. actually i've got a no i'm on a tv show now right and, uh, and i still so, got my comic and i've still got other stuff right. and, it's so and i still volunteer say. at the shelter yeah, every yeah, week and i'm doing stuff and it's I, so I, easy know. to say the other people should be doing whatever when you know i i'm so busy i can't i just don't have time to do anything yeah. and we There's, don't know what those other people are doing we see them going to the parties but we don't know what they're doing with their day and what they're doing in their days off and all they're of that. They're sleeping so. in because they're up all night partying. That's why. <laughs> they're sleeping one off. Well, I think numbers will solve this problem. More numbers, Agreed. more movers means more leaders. See you tomorrow night. FreeTalkLive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. 
This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.